listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. Today we're talking about renewing. Now, new is a word that we love. We love the word new. I mean, come on, y'all. It's, it's exciting, especially in January, right? It's a new year. Man, it feels like we can get a fresh start. I might have been trash in 22, but I'm going to be all right in 23, right? I'm, um, it's new, baby. We look back at our year, and we minimize. A lot of times we, um, we minimize the good things and maximize the bad things, and we think forward to the new year, not wanting to repeat the errors that we did in the last 12 months. And, and we do this for one reason. It's a new year. It's, new is literally in the title, okay? It, it's, it's as if no matter how bad last year was, this next year has a promise, at least for one reason, the year is new and it's not old. It's yet to be lived, and that means that it's alive with hope. Yeah. Ah, man, hope. But we love hope, don't we? Hope is why we make resolutions. How many of y'all made some resolutions this year? Raise your hand if you made a resolution this year. People don't do it as much as they used to. Um, but, but resolutions, we resolve to do things like lose weight, save money, pay off that debt, start that business. We resolve to do all these things. And, and the new year makes us think a little bit like Solomon in Proverbs twenty three eighteen. He says, surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. The idea of the future is something that is bright and it's pregnant with possibility. It's pregnant with possibility. That's why we get so excited about a new year. It's because it doesn't matter how trash 22 was, 23 might bring something that's going to make the difference. But now, well, hold on a second. Now, what, what, if 22, what if 23 brings something that's going to make the difference but in a negative light? What, what we see, we, I, just by your reaction, we don't want to talk about that, do we? Oh, oh, oh you're, you're mean. I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about what if something bad happens. Let me ask you something. Are you prepared if something bad happens? Because you can either go through 2023 with your little rose-colored glasses thinking that everything's good and perfect and all, all right. Or you can, you can realize that there's going to be good happen in 2023 and there's going to be bad happen in 2023. The, the rain is going to fall. Okay? It's going to fall. Are you prepared for that? No. But the future is something that we get pumped about because there is that hope, that excited, that excitedness of it, that the pregnant with possibility stuff, or it should be. Now, there are plenty of things, though, that can keep you from seeing your future as bright. Things like mindsets, the mindsets like poverty mentalities that say, I've never had, so I'm never going to have. Sin that keeps us in loops like lust or greed. What about this one? Refusal to forgive. Yeah, that's a sin. Have you thought about it like that? The Bible says if you don't forgive, then God won't forgive you. So what sin, what, what, what is the weight of sin that you've been walking in simply because you won't forgive somebody? Like, let's, let's be real about what 2023 is all about. Maybe this is the year that you forgive that person that hurt you the most. Maybe 2023 is the year that you finally experience freedom in your heart and life because you finally let go of the pain and the brokenness that came with what's happened in the years that led up to this moment. Fear of failure. Man, maybe even fear of success. Can you, anybody ever thought about fear of success? 
well, what happens if this does work? What happens if this does work out right? Uh, what, what if it does? Mountains of chaos so high that you can't even see the horizon. We're going to talk about some of this stuff this month, but for a future to be bright, however, it requires hope. You need hope. David reminisced about hope in one of my favorite verses in Psalm 27, 13. He says, I would have lost heart. That means given up hope had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You see, David knew that the key to hope, it wasn't in what he wished for the future, but it was in, rooted in the goodness that he had seen of God in the past. Okay? It wasn't about what he wished for in the future. It's not about what you wish for in 2023, which kind of a resolution is kind of that. I'm wishing that this will happen. Okay? But, but it's, it's in being able to see what God has done. So a huge key to being hopeful about 2023 is seeing God's goodness in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. If you will take the time and effort to see God's goodness in 2022, then you're going to begin to be hopeful about 2023. Well, hold on now. Like, God didn't show up for me like I, like I thought he would in 2022. Okay? Fair statement. Fair statement. Um. Was it God that was unfaithful? I mean, I'm just asking. Did, did God fail you? Is, is it his fault that you don't have what you wanted? Well, he could have stopped that person from hurting me. You're absolutely right. And you know something? I've been hurt in 2022. I got hurt pretty bad in 2022. One of the worst wounds that I've ever experienced happened in 2022. Okay. Um, and I wish it didn't happen. Okay? If I'm being honest with you, I wish it didn't happen. But you know what? I like who I am right now. I'm, I'm glad of what God's done in my heart. I'm glad of the forgiveness that he's allowed me to experience. I'm, allowed, I'm, I'm proud of the forgiveness that he's allowed to work through me. You see what I'm saying? I'm closer to him now than I was before the hurt. So could it be that God, in his love for you, allows things in your life simply so you will draw closer to him? Now, it's like, you might think, well, that's kind of a jacked up way of thinking. Like, why would God do that? You, you didn't draw close to him without the hurt. <coughs> Excuse me. You didn't draw close to him without the hurt. You, you didn't draw close to him on your own. In the good time, like, here's, here's what I'm convinced of. God will do anything it takes to get you close to him. Anything. And, and it's like a good parent knowing what they're going to do about their kid in the situation. It's like, I will do anything to make sure my kid does not stick the screwdriver in the electrical socket. You see what I'm saying? And God will do whatever it takes to get you close to him. No matter what that means. Even allowing a hurt to enter into your life. But we don't tend to look back at good things about the last year. When we look forward to a new one. We tend to focus on failures in an attempt. Albeit a good one. A good hearted attempt. To correct the issues. Now I'm, I'm talking about myself here too. Because I do this all the time. But when you only focus on what was broken yesterday. You tend to only focus on what will be broken tomorrow. And what it does is it makes you negative. And negativity and hope mix together like oil and water. 
So if we're going to have hope for great things in 2023, here's what we need to do. Three things I want to share with you today. First one is this. New starts with Jesus, not with a resolution. New starts with Jesus. A year is just a revolution around the sun. Now, I know you know what a year is, but the new year is powerless to create real change. I don't care what the crystal stones say. Uh, We were just in Colorado, so those people over there, they believe in all that stuff, right? Just a little joke. Everybody calm down. Um, But the year is powerless to change anything. Um, As much as we want the new year to bring new things, changes, it's powerless to do so. So if you want to see real change in your life, it requires real change in your thinking and in what you believe. It might even force you to change how you see yourself. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. We say this verse every time we do a baptism. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Paul was telling the Corinthians that this newness is much more than simply how we regard each other, but that our very nature changes. Um, I love this from Matthew Henry. Listen to what it says. Some read it. Let him be a new creature. This ought to be the care of all who profess the Christian faith, that they be new creatures, not only that they have a new name and wear a new livery, but that they have a new heart and new nature. And so great is the change the grace of God makes in the soul that, as it follows, old things are passed away, old thoughts, old principles, and old practices are passed away, and all these things must become new. How powerful is that? This is what God is trying to do in you. Our resolve should not lie in changed behavior, but in changing natures. The nature of things, the nature of how you do things. So let's explore that for a minute. Um, Our first nature change happens when we say yes to Jesus. That's death to life. That's orphan to son and daughter. That's exactly what that is. But if you think that's all there is to Christianity, then it might explain why mm, it doesn't seem like much has changed in you. Or it may explain why old habits are not dying so easily. Or it may explain even why you get bored in your Christianity. Because you're just thinking, oh, all I need to say is yes to Jesus, then I go to heaven and problem solved. Let's, Let's run through. A yes to Jesus is... Not a one-time event, but a daily declaration of your ever-changing nature in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say it again. A yes to Jesus is not a one-time event, but a daily declaration of your ever-changing nature in Christ Jesus. It's constantly, your, your nature is constantly being renewed and reshaped and changed so that you can become more like Christ Jesus. Okay, The first yes changes your lineage, but the subsequent ones change your beliefs. You're thinking, and that's what finally changes your behavior. Resolutions that we make in the new year are simply designed to change our behavior. But you can't change your behavior until you change the nature of that stuff, the the beliefs, the thinking, those processes. Let's look at this scenario. Um, I resolve to lose weight. This is a very uh, popular one, right? Resolve to lose weight. Um, Okay, well, do you have trouble losing weight? Is food an addiction for you? Is food how you comfort yourself? Do you have a physiological problem? If you have a physiological problem, you need to go see a doctor. Okay, we agree with that, right? Let's go see a doctor. Um, do you lack self-control? If you're going to lose weight in 2023, then how is it going to happen? 
Do you have a plan? Do you have a support network? Do you have some tools in place that are going to help you? Well, what does any of this have to do with Jesus? Okay. See, this is where the rubber meets the road when we make our little resolutions. If a resolution can't start with the new year and the resolution, it's got to start with Jesus. So (coughs) if you, excuse me, if you really want to see something different in your life this year, that's different from how you've been living, it's got to start with Jesus Christ. So in this scenario of losing weight, how can it be different and how can Jesus be involved? It's very simple. First Corinthians 3, 16 through 17. Do you know that you're God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So maybe you should stop looking at yourself in the mirror and being disgusted with what you see and start seeing the temple that God created you to be and get your temple in line with his thought process of you. You see what I'm saying? Like I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. I want to lose weight too. And it hasn't really hit me until I wrote this message. Honestly, I'm going to be real with y'all. It hasn't really hit me that when I look in the mirror, I need to stop looking at Jason and start looking at the temple that God created. And is the, is the temple that Jason has been managing the temple that God created? The truth is it's not. It's not. So what's happened in me in the few days since I've written this is an understanding deep down inside that what I have been doing with the temple is not okay. Romans 12.1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. If I'm to present my body as a living sacrifice, is my being overweight going to take years from my life? Are those years that God could use me to change people's lives? You see what I'm talking about? This is how you take these resolutions and start them with Jesus and not start them with just the idea of I want to do this better. It's just a scenario. I'm telling you, I know a lot of people in here, a lot of people, because just because I've talked to you, y'all, y'all want to get better health-wise. I want to get better health-wise. So here's what we have to do. We have to stop talking about it and start doing it. But it's going to cha- it's going to have to change in how we see who we really are. That we're a temple. We're God's temple. You know, it's like if 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 there was a temple. Let's say there was a temple built and we knew God dwelled there. We knew this was God's house like there was no ifs, ands or buts. We would do everything we can to protect it and to keep it clean and keep it safe and and to keep it pure but we don't do that to us. And I'm not talking about just food either. Okay? It could be a substance. You know, it could be reckless living. You, you're endangering your temple. That's huge. Could your resolution be required because there's an area of your life that is unsurrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Here's a translation of that. Have your efforts been in trying to change your behavior rather than asking Jesus to change what you believe about that behavior? If you really want to see 2023 be different, it's going to take you realizing that the change starts with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Number two, new isn't immediate. This is a big problem people get into with anything new. 
Um, how many of y'all get that new iPhone and y'all kids can't play with the iPhone for about a month? John William one time um, was eating at a Mexican restaurant while watching my phone. And um, for some reason, he, was, um, he had the phone in between the queso and him. And my earpiece stopped working because he dripped queso in my phono. <laughs> Not cool, bro. So when I got my new phone, nobody's touching my phone. And then you get to the restaurant one day and your kids just won't leave you alone and you're tired and you just want to eat in peace. And so you say, fine, here, but don't put it in between you and the queso. What about your new vehicle you get? How long is it before you start eating in it? (laughs) Yep, see? And so y'all go on that big trip. (laughs) we took a rental a really really nice vehicle to um, Colorado and um, it was about 2 30 in the morning after we'd gotten back from that trip and Giggy and I were out in the in the vehicle like vacuuming it out it's like a 2022 is awesome it's a beautiful car and um, I said to Giggy did our kids have gummy worms and she says I don't think so because there were two gummy something just like they would become one with the carpet <laughs> this is why you don't buy a rental car you see what I'm saying guys like people just treat those cars like trash but we people people get pumped about something new but uh, we think that uh, here's what I said was this is a big problem people get into with anything new it's not immediate we think that because we resolved or because something is new that it will take, you know, like instantly take. Well, I said I'm going to lose weight, and my God, if I don't see it by happening by January 15th. Have you ever tried losing weight but got frustrated because the results didn't happen fast enough? Right? I have been eating carrots for two weeks, and I ain't lost a pound. Monique and I had a friend in college, and she was always eating salad. She never lost any weight. And we figured it out one day. She was eating the entire salad bar in salad. But so calories do matter. Just I guess if we throw that out of there. Calories do matter. Whenever we get to that moment where we realize that our losing weight is not going as fast as we want it to, it's at that moment that our expectation gets the best of us. Okay? But for something to really change, we have to stick with the process. Romans 5, 3 through 4. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Anytime there is a change, it's going to bring suffering. But that's not the, that's not the fun part of Christianity. I don't want to suffer. I don't care. Okay? If That's a part of the deal. Okay? Aaron Judge just signed, what, a $390 million deal? Isn't that what it was? 360 something like that? 390 Nine years. $390 million. Everybody wants that money, but nobody wants what he had to go through to get it. I went to high school with a guy named Sam Smith. Sam was an incredible baseball player. 
He went to uh, he went pro with the Colorado Rockies. I think he made it to Double A, and I think before his baseball career was over. But Sam would get up every morning at four a.m. and hit five hundred baseballs before he came to school every morning. And that's why he could get in the batter's box and hit a ball to kingdom come. Everybody wants the the benefit, but nobody wants the process. I know that's not a super encouraging thing. But consider your relationship with Jesus. You know what suffers when you say your initial yes to Jesus? Your flesh does. Um, you're going to doubt. You'll second guess your decision. Typically Monday morning, the enemy will be like, really? really? Gave your life to Jesus yesterday at church? <laughs> Nothing's changed, bro. That's what the enemy will be telling you the next day. <laughs> That's just words. It's just words you said. Nothing's really changed. And you know what? You look in the mirror and you realize, wait a minute. Not a lot has changed. No, remember, your lineage has changed. But it takes time for the rest of you to catch up. Come on, church. Well, how come I didn't quit smoking as soon as I said yes to Jesus? It's a process. How come I didn't quit my cussing? It's a process. Some of you, we need to convince that cussing's not a good thing. <laughs> Just joking. I'm not joking. It's, it's so funny. How come I haven't changed overnight? Because that's not how it works. Nothing ever works like that. It never works like that. <coughs> you're going to doubt. You'll second guess. It's normal. But do you know what suffers the longer you keep saying yes to Jesus? Your flesh. You know, you, you come to Jesus and you say your initial yes, and he forgives you of your sin, and it makes you feel awesome, and you feel great, and you feel relieved. But then three months down the line, Jesus is going to come knocking at your door and he's going to say, hey, I know you really felt awesome about me forgiving you, but hey, I need you to forgive that person that hurt you. Well, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. You said you were going to forgive me. But wait a minute. Jesus is trying to get you to something better than just you being forgiven, okay? There's a whole lot more to the story than just you being forgiven. Jesus is trying to get you to a place of freedom, and he's going to ask you to do some things that are going to hurt. You're not going to like it. Everybody in here at some point has had some type of procedure, surgery or something, I'm sure. When you submit to the doctor, you don't want to do that, do you? But you know that if you do, that you're going to be okay. You're going to, the doctor, he's going to do his job. <coughs> you hope, <laughs> right? But you, you suffer through it. This is why new isn't immediate. Your lineage changes for sure. You go from orphan to son or daughter in an instant. But there's an entire process that follows where you have to daily deny your flesh and daily say yes to Jesus. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That is an everyday thing. Okay? And if you don't believe me, just think about that coworker that every time you see him, you want to punch him. <coughs> that is that is Jesus in that moment right there saying, "Hey, this is the cross I want you to pick up. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a daily reminder that you need to say yes to me, and your flesh is gonna hate it. 
But you're going to love who you are if you'll say yes. If you think new means immediate, then let's look at Peter. He's a case study on this very thing. Luke 5, Peter meets Jesus. And here's what Peter says in chapter verse 8. When Simon Peter realized that what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. That's what Peter said. Matthew 16, Peter rebukes Jesus right after his God-inspired declaration of who Jesus is. Matthew 26, Peter denies Jesus three times. Acts 1, Peter is now the leader. What? You just denied Jesus. Now you're the leader of the church? And in Acts 2, he gives such a rousing, passionate speech about about who Jesus is to the point where, where he denied Jesus just a few chapters before he looks at these people in Jerusalem and says, y'all are the ones that killed the Son of God. What? Where did that courage come from? Acts 2, 4. I had a pastor one time say, well, Acts 2 and 4, Peter got hit by a 2 by 4. Okay? It's the Holy Spirit came. Okay? That's some old, old, silly churchy stuff there, but that's what happened. He got filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was encouraged and built up and, and emboldened. Acts 9, Peter resurrects a little girl. Acts 10, Peter refuses to interact with the Gentiles, but has a dream and then opens the door for the Gentiles to enter into the kingdom. Acts 12, Peter is broken out of prison by an angel. But then in Galatians 2, Paul confronts Peter about his behavior with non-Christians. What is going on with this dude? What are these ups and downs? Here's what I want you to see. Every time Peter excelled, it was because he was saying yes to Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring about the change, the newness that God wanted for Peter. But every time Peter failed, it was because he didn't say yes to Jesus, and he didn't allow the Holy Spirit to bring about change, the newness that God wanted for Peter. What I want you to hear today is that you are not going to be a super Christian overnight. Okay? You, just like Peter, are going to have moments of miraculous faith and moments of faithless stupidity. You're going to have both. You're going to have them both. You're going to succeed and you're going to fail. But the key is not to let your failures define you, but to allow the process of becoming like Jesus drive you to a place of complete dependence upon him, of total trust in the ability of him to change you. And in your yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit to become who God created you to be. That's what God's trying to do in you. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Y'all, growth takes time. You don't put the seed in the ground and all of a sudden you're eating a carrot. No, you got to wait. You got to let, let the process take its time. <laughs> Good Lord, help me. James 1, 2, and 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Y'all, this is a process. Trust the process. The good news is that we don't need new to be immediate. We don't need it to be immediate. In fact, if it's immediate, I would be willing to wager that it is not as impactful. We need the process. And here's why. The reason is because God is trying to get us somewhere special. And it isn't just to newness. Here's the last point. New is the original design. That's what God's trying to get us to. You may be resolving to lose weight or start that business or pay off debt. But when God talks about new, 
what he means is getting you back to the original design. The original design was what we see pre-Genesis chapter 3. Let me read you this, verses 6 through 7 of Genesis 3. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was there with her. And he ate it too. Husband, this is what happens when you're not leading your home like you should. You hear me? I'm not, I'm not saying be a dictator. I'm not saying take advantage of the people in your house. But when you're not the spiritual head of your household, what happens is deception comes into your home. And, and it never ends well. It never ends well. So, men, I'm asking you, like, step up and lead your home. It's, it's not a telling people what to do and sitting in the owner recliner, bring me a beer. No, it's none of that mess. That's dumb. That's dumb. It is, it is you being willing to be the spiritual leader of your house. <coughs> it's necessary. Your family, guys, your family can't work without it. Okay. Um. She gave some to her husband who was there with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open. They suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. See, right before this moment is precisely what God created us for. It wasn't about the garden. It wasn't about the trees. It was about the relationship that he had with them. It was the cool walks, uh, intimate moments, intimate times in the garden. He wants to walk with you in the cool of that garden. Now, oh, maybe you don't have a garden. Okay, whatever. How would your life change, though, if, if rather than watching an hour of TikTok or catching that last episode of Gilmore Girls, if you... <laughs> what if you just decided to take a walk and let God speak to you? See, this is what he's wanting. What, what if a New Year's resolution wasn't just to lose weight or to start that business or to save some money or to pay off debt, but it was... To spend more cool in the garden moments with Jesus. God wants that intimate time with you. What God wants to do is to get you back to that relationship with him that he created you for. Now let me, let me show you the proof of this. Okay, Revelation 21, 1-4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain for the former things that passed away. Here's what I want you to see here. Your own process of becoming new that we see in 2 Corinthians 5.17 is a type of what God is going to do one day with the heavens and the earth. The current heaven and earth will pass away. Who you were will pass away too. Why? It's right here in verse 3. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. The word dwelling place right there is a Greek word, skeno'o, and it literally means to live in unbroken communion with. God wants to live in unbroken communion with you. Have you ever been at a church service or maybe been at home and you've, 
you just you've had a moment where like you felt like Jesus was standing right next to you and your skin was crawling, man, like you felt the power of that moment. That's what God wants with you nonstop. And the world we live in right now stops us from experiencing that. But that's what God is trying to get us back to. So this new year, I don't know what your resolutions are. Okay? I don't I don't know how bad your 2022 was and how good your 2023 is going to be. But but here's my invitation to you today. Don't wait for Revelation 21 to live in unbroken communion with God. Don't wait. You can have that now. You can have that today. Now, we know that it has to start with confessing Jesus as Lord. Maybe that's what you need to do today. Maybe you need to confess him as Lord. Let's say that first initial, yes, but, but just maybe, maybe there are some things in your life right now that you know is they're, they're not right. You know you're not doing the right thing. You know you're dishonoring God by some of the things that you're doing. And you know those are the things that are keeping you from living in unbroken communion with him. Maybe those things need to be laid at the altar today. Maybe, you have, maybe today you need to have a new revelation of what those things really are. Maybe you need to see them how Jesus sees them. And how it's less about the behavior and more about the nature. You know, it's like it's so easy to see with some things like, like an addiction, for instance. You know, an, an addiction, it's, it's, it's more than just somebody doing something that's addictive in nature. It's, it's more than just the behavior. It's the internal monologue that says, I need this to feel normal. What if what you think you need to feel normal, what if that normal is not normal to begin with? What if God wants you to have a new revelation today of what your normal should be? Maybe the normal that you've been trying to live is a worldly standard for normal, not a godly standard for normal. So what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm just going to quit cold turkey and trust the Lord. Okay. Or maybe you start coming on Monday nights to celebrate recovery. Maybe, maybe you come up and pray at the altar here in a few minutes and say, hey, I don't know what to do. <coughs> I need to do something, but I don't know what to do. It's a good start. 2023 ain't going to change with the resolution. It'll change with Jesus, though. So wherever you need to interject Jesus, that's where you're going to see change. Okay? Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you for today. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. God, thank you that, my goodness, I think all the time you could have just said, you know what, I'm done with these people <laughs> and going on about your way. But God, you've been, you've been working for the entirety of humanity to get us back to the original design. And God, let me just, for my sake, God, just don't give up on me, God. God, I know you won't. I know you won't quit I know that even when I'm not faithful you remain faithful and God there might have been some moments of faithfulness in 2022 and some moments of some pretty severe unfaithfulness in 2022 that God my resolution for this year my commitment to you for this year is God I want more of those cool in the garden moments with you God whatever you have for me in 2023 I can't see the future I don't know what's coming but I know you do God I'm asking you to help me God, help us all. <coughs> help us be prepared. 
Help us trust you, Jesus. We praise you. We thank you. God, we're excited about a new year. We're excited about what you have for us this year. Have your way, God. In Jesus' name, amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and his people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.